Amen. Would you stand for just a moment? I have a couple of verses I want to read to you, and uh, I want you to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 1. 1 Samuel chapter 1, the Bible says in verse 11, And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but wilt give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. In verse 19, uh, And they rose up in the morning early, and worshipped before the Lord, and returned and came to their house to Ramah, and Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. You may be seated. I want to thank all of our guests for being here this morning. Bob, who do you have with you this morning? Melissa Yates. Melissa Yates or Gates? Yates. Yates, good to have you. And uh, then this is Chuck back here. This is uh, uh, Brother uh, uh, um, uh, Dan's, I, I know I'll get to him in just a minute. Uh, I, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you, sir. And, uh, and Miss Connie, who do you have with you? Pierre Paul. Pierre Paul, good to have you with us, Pierre. And then Miss uh, Lisa, who do you have with you? Dennis Bennett. Dennis Bennett. Okay, good to have you with us this morning. It's good to see the Howells over here. And uh, uh, who do you have with you, Michaela? Brant, good to have Brant with us this morning. Am I missing anybody? Uh, let me see back here. Brittany, good to have you with us this morning. Thank you for being here this morning. Good to have all of you here. Uh, I want to share a message with you called Vowing a Vow. Now, the scriptures uh, speak expressly about when we vow a vow, we ought to keep it. And uh, I'll share that uh, uh, particular uh, passage with you here shortly. But I want you to consider something this morning about the influence that a mom has on a home. And uh, never underestimate the influence and the importance of a mother in the lives of their children. And so I want to challenge you uh, to just uh, be uh, mindful of this. So let me set the stage for you. We're looking here, and I just gave you two of the verses, but what happened was, is there's a young lady, her name's Hannah in the scriptures, and Hannah uh, was unable to have a child uh, in the very beginning of her life, and uh, Elkanah had two wives, and uh, Penina was the other woman, and she began to have children, but then she began to mock Hannah. It really offended Hannah, and it hurt her, and she was hurt by this, and so when you get to verse 11, you see this prayer that she makes, and so she makes this prayer unto the Lord, asking God to uh, bless her and to remember her. And so in verse 19, when we get there, you see that God remembered Hannah. And as we go through the message this morning, you'll find out that Hannah had made a commitment to the Lord in the raising of this child. Now, one of the things about it is, is that she had, uh, she had this child, and her commitment was is that she was going to commit this child back unto the Lord. Now, I want to challenge you ladies in something. One, you ought to commit your kids back into the hand of the Lord once you have them. And you ask God to give you the wisdom and the clarity of thought and the wherewithal to raise that child in the way that he should go. And one of the responsibilities that we have is to just do that, ladies, to raise the kids uh, the way that God would intend for us to do. Now, you say, well, uh, my kids are older, they're out of the house now, and so what do I do now? Well, even if they're out of the house, you can continue to pray for your children. And you can continue to pray that God bless and help them. Uh, and believe me, how many of you ladies say we need wisdom in raising our kids? Amen. We need some wisdom in raising them because there's a lot to that. And, and the mom has an immense responsibility but has a tremendous amount of influence over their children. And so mothers are uh, the ones that, that influence the, the child. And I'm not just talking about my mom taught me how to cook. She taught me how to sew uh, a button on. But more significantly, she taught me about honesty. 
My mom taught me to be honest. My mom taught me that there's the importance of integrity in my life. And not only honesty, integrity, but she taught me how to love my wife and to treasure her. And my mom told me, if you love your wife, your wife will love you back. And and she said, just show her the love that's necessary and and let her know that you care about her. And, uh, And she taught me how to honor her. And then she taught me how to honor my mother. Anita told me, after we had been married for a little while, she said, what really encouraged me is I watched how you treated your mom. Now, I treated my mom because my mom taught me how to treat her. I'm being honest with you. She taught me that I need to honor my mother. And then she taught me how to honor my grandmother. And so when Anita would come around or she would be around me, she would see that I had a lot of love and respect for my mother. Now, did my mom and I always agree on everything? Absolutely not. I always wanted to put a little more cayenne pepper into the chili, and she didn't. And, uh, but the thing of it is, is that we didn't always agree on everything, but I did not disrespect my mother. And, and the one thing that we ought to do is lift our moms up. Now, Hannah's responsibility, ladies, this is a great responsibility. And remember, whenever you have a child, you don't know who they're going to be in the future. I would not think that any woman maybe sitting in here would think that I have the next president of the United States sitting in my lap but you may have. And uh, I'm sure Neil Armstrong's mom never realized that Neil Armstrong would be the one that would be the first man to step on the moon whenever she had that child. But the investment that the mothers and the, uh, make in the home is, is, is incredibly important. Now, here's the question, and I pose this to all of us. What is it that the Lord will remember you for in this life? What is it that the Lord will remember you for in this life? And so... God teaches us some things about children. He says in Psalm 127.3, he said, Lo, children are inherited to the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Now that in and of itself should cause us to realize that God's the one that places that child in the womb, and that's why as a preacher I preach that abortion is wrong (laughs) because God knows that child when that child is placed in that womb, and he said it's inherited to the Lord. And God will remember you not for the time that you invested in a job. God's not going to really remember you for the time you invested in a career. God's not probably going to remember you for the money that you've invested in the home. God's not going to remember you ladies for your shopping skills, although some of you have good shopping skills, I'm sure. But I believe what he's going to remember you for is what you invested into your family and your children. That's going to be what you're going to be remembered the most for. I've never gone to a funeral save one, where the only thing they talked about was the woman's shopping skills. And I'm not joking. They talked about how she bought shoes and everything else. And in the course of that, uh, I just knew the family, and the family had asked me if I would go up and pray (laughs) to close the service. Now, I barely knew the family. But when I got up there, my wife said, you had covered the entire gospel by the time you got done with your prayer. Because all they wanted to talk about is what the woman had shopped for in her life. How many of you ladies just want to be remembered for what you shopped for? And the thing of it is, is that what do you want to be remembered for in this life? Now, here's the challenge to us. A Christian life should always honor the Lord. And Hannah was remembered because of her promise that she made unto God. And the promise that she made, she made that in the course of the prayers that she made unto God. And in the course of that prayer... She said that she would commit that child back into the hands of God when that child would be born. And that child ended up being a prophet for God's sake. 
His name is Samuel. <laughs> and we look to the scriptures and we see this. Here's what I want you to understand this morning. Look at verse 11. And he said, And she vowed a vow and said unto the Lord of hosts, If thou wilt indeed look on to the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me. I want you to know God remembered her because in verse 19, the Bible clearly says, The Lord remembered her. <laughs> and so I want you to know, ladies, when you're praying, your prayers are not wasted, especially when you're praying for those things that God desires for your life and for the life of your family. And here's the thing, God did not forget Hannah. And so what made this such a memorable prayer is because she then committed that child back into the hands of God. Hannah started with somewhat of a bitter spirit, but she took her situation to God. And listen, I want to challenge any of you in here, if you have a bitter heart or you have a bitter situation in your life, you need to go to God. Because a heart of bitterness, the Bible says, is evil. And we, not, we ought not walk around with a heart of bitterness. And so Hannah takes this situation that she has, not being able to have a child, and she takes that to the Lord, and the Lord blessed in a very miraculous way here. And notice the vow that she made as she received the answer from her prayer uh, to God. And the Bible says this, and I shared uh, with you, in Ecclesiastes 5, 4, When thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it. For he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better is it that thou shouldest not vow than that thou shouldest vow and not pay. God said, when you come to me and you tell me that you'll do this, I'm counting on you to do it because you gave me your word. Isn't that what he said? When you make a vow, he's counting on you to hold to your word. And what he said, it's better to have not vowed a vow than to have vowed it and then break it. And so Hannah had a choice to make after that baby was born. After that baby was born, she could have said, you know what, forget it. I'm not going to do that. I changed my mind. And I'm not sure what the outcome would have been because she didn't change her mind. She followed through on what God would have her to do. The first decision she made after weaning her son uh, was to send her to, uh, her son Samuel was to go and make sacrifice before the Lord because he fulfilled a promise that he had made unto her and she went back to God to let him know. Here's what I challenge you with. How many times have you asked God to do something for you and then he does it and then we forget to thank him? Have you ever been there? I'm guilty. <laughs> God's fulfilled things in my life and I ask him to do something and then he fulfills that for me and I forget to thank him. Well, Hannah didn't have that heart. Hannah thanked God for what he had done. In fact, when she went to make those sacrifices, she did it because that was a pattern in her life. She'd already been doing this all. Then when she goes, she simply says, God, I want to thank you for fulfilling your end of the promise. Now, Lord, I'm going to fulfill my end of my promise now. And you know, there's nothing worse than having someone make a promise and then break it to you. And I don't believe there's probably not a person in this room that hasn't had a promise made to them and then it's been broken. And it feels uncomfortable. And what happens is, is Hannah makes this promise and keeps this promise. So I want you to think about this, ladies. It is a good decision to commit your children back to the Lord, not only thanking God for the gift of the child, but committing yourself to raise that child according to the word of the Lord. I don't want to challenge all you ladies in here. If you've got little kids or even teenagers right now, you say, well, I've never done that. Get alone with God and kneel down and hand those children back over to the Lord. Now, when you do... That puts the responsibility, the onus on you to raise them according to the truth of God's word. 
And what happened is, is Hannah decided to do that. And so what she did is she commits this child into the hand. And even if your children are no longer in the house, ladies, do not cease to call on the Lord for your kids. God is a God who answers prayer. Would you agree with that this morning? God is a God that answers prayer. And I do not believe for a moment that I cannot pray for my children and commit them back into the hands of my Savior. And what I'm challenging you to do is to do the same. So challenge yourself to continue praying for your children. Commit them back to the Lord. Listen, ask God for wisdom in raising them. Ask God for disciplining them according to the Word of God. Ask God to give you wisdom in helping them to be nurtured in the admonition of the Lord, that, to, that when they're old, they won't depart from it, that you can raise them in a way that would please the Lord. And listen, you want your kids to know God. We invest in our children a lot of different ways. And sometimes, and I share this with you, we'll invest their lives into sports and everything else. And the percentage of people that actually make it as professional sports players is so low, folks. But we'll invest more time in that than we will in time of allowing them in the Word of God. And what we have to do is decide that I'm going to raise my children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, putting God first. When you put God first, you'd be shocked at what God is capable of doing. And, and you know you have young people and there's nothing wrong with it. If you have a talent and you want to use that talent, that's fine. Or you enjoy a sport, that's fine. But don't let it drive you away from God. Let it draw you closer to Him. I share that with you. Why? When you're raising your child in the Lord, remember you're shaping many of the future leaders of our country, of our nation. And we have some difficulties in our nation today. Uh, There's so many single-parent homes today. It's unreal, folks. (laughs) And some of that's the result of the Scriptures not being taught in the home. It's not because the Bible's not being preached from the pulpit anymore. It's often that the Bible is being preached from the pulpit, but what's happening in the home is very different than what's happening at the pulpit. Are you in agreement? (laughs) You go home sometimes, and they're not really necessarily raising the children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And believe me, I know people who send their kids and they're in a youth group and, and they believe the youth group has failed their child. And if, if the youth group's teaching them one thing and they're learning something else at home, the youth group didn't fail. The church doesn't always fail. What happens is, is we fail to do those things at home that we ought to be doing at the same time. Sometimes we believe because we sent our kid to a Christian school that they're going to be a Christian. A Christian is a Christian because they trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, not because you sent them to a Christian school. Amen? Amen. And what we have to do is raise them in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Now listen, uh, all kids are different. How many of you figured that out, right? And you raise some of them, and some of them you want to choke, and some of them you want to hug. And then the ones you hug, you want to choke them sometimes. But the thing of it is, is that all children are different, and as you're raising them, you start to see what talents they possess, and you want to help them uh, develop those talents. There's nothing wrong with it, but the fact is, is teach them the importance of Jesus Christ. <laughs> teach them the Word of God. Now, I've seen a plaque on the wall, and, uh, and Mrs. Pittman used to say this all the time. She said, if you're not exhausted by the end of the day of raising your children, you probably haven't done your job. Now, I don't know. I've come home sometimes when the kids were little and I could see on Anita's face, it's time to take the kids to the park and let mom go. <laughs> and you can just see it sometimes because it's, it, it's heavy work, isn't it? And, and it's burdensome at times. And so uh, you look at this and you can see it. So remember, ladies, many of you are helping to shape and develop future leaders in the home, in the church, at the pulpit, in politics, in every occupation. 
have influence upon that child. And so here it is, a woman who comes to God seeking a promise to be made to her, and whenever she makes a promise to him, she keeps her promise, and God remembered her. (laughs) He remembered her. Are you helping your child be the best they can be for the Lord? We can help them be the best that they can be at anything else, but are you helping them to be the best that they can be for the Lord? Think about that. Now, as I share that with you, the Lord will remember you for being faithful, ladies, as a faithful mom, as a faithful Christian. I believe also God does not forget our request made unto him. Look at chapter 2 of 1 Samuel with me. Look at chapter 2 of 1 Samuel with me. If you'll turn there with me. I want you to look at these two verses. And here it is. In verse 1, And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. Now what is she doing? Now that prayer goes on for a time. If you go in and look at that prayer, she's exalting the name of the Lord. She's thanking God for what he's done. You see, she uh, had the child, she weaned the child, she was raising that child, she then goes back and she's committing this child back into the hands of the Lord. And when she does, we see God working in a miraculous way there. Because God turns this young man into a prophet for him. And, And he uses his life in a miraculous way in the nation of Israel. And I want you to know this, God does not forget our requests made unto him. And many times there are prayers of promise to the Lord, but when the prayer is answered, are the prayers of praise going up to God? Look at chapter 1 again with me. Look at verse 24. Here's what happens. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bullocks and one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh, and the child was young. And they slew the bullock and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord... As thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I ask of him. Therefore, notice what she says, also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord, and he, wor- and he worshiped the Lord there. I want you to know what happened in this moment is she's turning that child back over to God, just as she had promised. How many of us have made some commitment to God and never fulfilled it? (laughs) And God's looking for us to, when we vow a vow, to keep it. And when I look at this, Hannah is a wonderful example of following, uh, to follow regarding her prayer promise because it was also followed by her praise and her faithfulness to God. And when you look at this, she not only asked God to do this, God did this, and then after he did it, She did exactly what she said she was going to do, and then she began to pray unto God and praise him for what he had done for her, something she couldn't have accomplished on her own. And so God does this for her. You know, there's a passage of Scripture in the Bible in 1 John. He said, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And we know that he hear whatsoever we ask because we have the petitions that we desired of him. So whenever she became uh, a woman with child, did she realize that God heard her prayer? Would you agree? She asked God. And before that, she couldn't have the child. But God opens her womb and allows this to occur. 
And this is not just a prayer she made because the Lord answered in the manner in which she prayed. There was a pattern of praise and prayer before this request. You can see there's a pattern in her life. If you go back to chapter 1, you see Elkanah and his family going up and making these sacrifices and praying unto God. It's a pattern in their life. You know, we all want our children to be good Christian children. Uh, we want them to, to, to live for the Lord. But do you know it takes some teaching, doesn't it? And you have to teach that child to live for God. And I believe that was part of what Hannah was doing as she was teaching this child how to live for the Lord. And whenever she committed him back into the Lord's hands, he had now been prepared to serve God. And what he's doing is, is this. She didn't say that he had to be a prophet. She said that she's going to commit him back into the Lord's hands. So ladies, I'm telling you, no matter what your children do for a living, understand that they need to lead a life as a Christian. And what you do for a living is just what you do, but what you are is a Christian. And so I need to live my life accordingly. And that's what we teach our children is to live according to the Scriptures. Hannah and her husband went up yearly to worship and make sacrifice. And whether you have sons or daughters in your life, be a pattern to your children. Listen, love, praise, and honor, and serve God. And when they see that in your life, they're not going to forget what you did. And you say, well, I've tried to tell them, I've tried to teach them, keep it up, don't quit. Well, I tried to share with them, listen, keep on sharing. <laughs> well, I've mentioned to them this and they quit. No, listen, keep telling them. Don't stop loving them through Jesus Christ. Because listen, we all mess up and we all make mistakes and we all sin and we all do things wrong, right? <laughs> and we can't expect our children to be perfect but when they mess up, they know that they can turn to you and you're going to help guide them in the right direction. That, Mom, is what it takes. Hey, when I messed up when I was a kid, man, shoo, Grandma let me have it. Good night would she wear me out. And I'm so thankful for it today. Because what she did was, she would tell me that is not God, what God wants from you. So when I was young, I remember one time I came in and Grandma caught me in the living room of my parents' house and she said, hey boy, are you still going to church? I said, well, Grandma, <laughs> I said, uh, I would be what you consider agnostic. Oh, my word. And my grandmother was only, she said she was 4'11", I think she was 4'9". I'd never tell her that. She was 4'11", believe me. Grandma, you were 4'11". <laughs> that woman had fingernails. She stuck that fingernail on my ear, and she said, get down on your knees, and you ask God to forgive you now. And I had no choice, Miss Connie. I just started kneeling. I thought, oh, God, if she'll just let go of my ear, I'll do anything she wants. <laughs> she said, you put your hand back on that Bible, and you tell God you love him. Do you know that made an impact on me? My grandmother had taken me to church a lot when I was a little kid. I was the kid that'd sit in the pew, and I was always wanting to do something or goof off or whatever, and she'd open up the Bible, and she'd sit it in my lap. And then whenever I wasn't looking at the Bible, she used to bend my head down like this and take my finger and point to the Scriptures with it. So I had to sit there like this. I thought, well, at least I'm going to get a knee-high and a Snickers out of this when we're done. And the thing of it is, is Grandma influenced me for Christ. She took me to church. She told me that I need to learn 
who Jesus is. And Grandma, when she passed away, and I always said my grandmother, she always made a grand entrance and she always made a grand exit. When my grandmother walked into her room, you knew she was there. <laughs> when she left, everybody knew she was leaving. And only my grandmother could do this to me. She died on Valentine's Day. <laughs> I said, Grandma, you even have made a grand exit like that. Well, I was now saved when Grandma passed away. And I went into the room, and she made everybody leave. And she said, Bobby, come here. Nobody called me Bobby. Only Grandma could do that. She said, Bobby, come here. And so I remember leaning over her, and as I was leaning over her, she said, I want you to preach my funeral. And the next words out of my mouth were, oh, Grandma, I, I, and she, I didn't have a tie on, I just had a shirt on, and she had cancer so bad. She grabbed me by my shirt and pulled me closer to her, <laughs> and she said, you will preach my funeral. Grandma will preach it. I thought, where'd you get the strength? <laughs> I was like, if Grandma said that, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Oh, I remember going, and, and I went over to my in-law's house, and I went upstairs, and I began to pray. I was so nervous. And I was like, God, you're going to have to help me with this. Well, one of the things my grandma used to say all the time, she would, you'd say goodbye, she said, it's never goodbye. It's just so long. And I remember pleading with God, talking about promises. I promised my grandmother I would do what? Preach her funeral. I pleaded with God to give me wisdom to be able to do so. And I remember being in that room alone with God. And God says, as if it were in great volume, it's not goodbye. It's just so long. My grandmother was saved. When I preached her funeral, Teresa, <laughs> I got to look at the people that were sitting in the room, all her children and her grandchildren, and I got to ask them this question. <laughs> Are you saying goodbye to Grandma today? Or just so long? What do you think followed after that? The gospel, right? Ladies, you have no idea how much influence you have on children. Tremendous amount of influence on Grandma Carol. <laughs> Tremendous influence. Are you with me, Miss Connie? Are you listening to me, Christine? Miss Pam? How many of you see Miss Pam every Wednesday night bringing those kids in here? Huh? What a joy that is. What I'm trying to share with you is this you ladies have influence. More influence than you understand. And the thing of it is, when promises are made, promises ought to be kept. Would you agree? And so when this promise is made, the promise needs to be kept. So the Lord blessed me as a child because my mother was a very moral woman. And she got saved later on. But my grandmother was the one that took me to church. My mother is the one that taught me how to behave and treat others. And my grandmother taught me at a very early age to behave and treat others as Christ would have me to treat them. <laughs> and I didn't get saved till I was 30, but I never forgot those things that my grandmother taught me. <laughs> and now when I open the Bible and I read it, I know where she got it. <laughs> and 
And I, and I see the power and the strength of God's word. In 2 Timothy 1.5, Paul writing to Timothy said, When I call to remembrance the unseen faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Are you with me? His grandmother Eunice had an influence on him, didn't he? His mother had an influence on him. And listen, moms, you have a tremendous influence on your children. And you need to do it for the glory of the Lord. What is it that Hannah said to the Lord? Well, chapter 2 and verse 1, And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies, because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord, she says. Look at verse 3. Talk no more so exceeding proudly. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth, for the Lord is the God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. <laughs> She's talking to God. And then jump down to verse 8, and she says this in verse 8. He raises up the poor out of the dust and lifted up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he has set the world upon them. He will keep the feet of his saints, and the wicked shall be silent in darkness, for by strength shall no man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Out of heaven shall he thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth, and he shall give strength unto his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. I want to tell you something. You can't pray this prayer unless you know God. You have no ability to pray that way unless you know God. And this woman knew the Lord. And whenever she began to pray, she began to exalt the name of the Heavenly Father. And she, I believe, influenced Samuel before her. He ever got over to Eli. <laughs> and when I look at this, Grandma, Mom, remember, exalt the Lord in front of your children. And when you make prayers, make sure they're prayers of faith. <laughs> Pray believing, nothing doubting. Are you with me? We have a Heavenly Father who answers what? Prayer, right? Pray believing, nothing doubting. Pray to God. He's a God who answers prayer. Lastly, this, God is not a forgetful God. Go to chapter 3 of the same book. Chapter 3, and look at verse 20 with me. Chapter 3, verse 20. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 20, And all Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a what? Prophet of the Lord. Hold on a minute. <laughs> hey, Mom. Are you listening? Are you listening? Here's a woman who pleaded with God and fulfilled her promise. Now I want you to read this with me again. And all Israel, all Israel, and he says from Dan even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the what? Lord. It started with mom, didn't it? It started with mom. Mom influenced her son for God. The prayer that we just read, you can't pray that way unless you know who God is. <laughs> and she prayed unto God. And I want you to hear this in 2 Timothy 2.19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his. Would you agree with that today? Amen. If you belong to him, he knows you and you know who he is. And Hannah knew her God, didn't she? <laughs> And Hannah came to her God knowing he was the only one that could fulfill this. 
We now find the result of the committed mother to the Lord in raising her child according to the vow that she made in the Scriptures. When Samuel was weaned, he began to serve the Lord. It was not, meant, uh, not a situation of instant profit, but I believe it was years of preparation. When you go back, you go back to chapter 2 and you look at verses 19 through 21 and you see years of preparation before he gets to this point. Someone's investing in this kid. Someone's putting some time into him. Now, I don't believe for a moment that Elkanah probably wasn't a, a, a good father and maybe a godly father, but I believe we look at Hannah and we see the promise that, what, uh, that she asked God for and the promise kept, but we continually see how Hannah influenced Samuel for God. When I look at this, God also remembers Hannah by commending Samuel in chapter 2. Look at this with me again. Look at verse 26. And the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the what? Lord and also with? Now you ready? Think about this for just a minute. There's one other person in the scriptures that's said about, do you know who it is? Jesus. There's only one other person this is said about in the scriptures and his name is what, Chris? Jesus. Now I want to share this with you. He says over in Luke 2.51, but his mother kept all these things in her heart. <laughs> Who was that? Jesus' mom. Huh? Are you with me? It's mom that did this. <laughs> and mom kept all these things in her heart. And what Brother Chris just said, I want you to get a hold of this. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. He's the only other person that's said of in the scriptures. <laughs> wow. Do you not think, Mom, you have some influence over your children? And he grew in favor with God and with man, didn't he? And what it was, it started with a godly mother. It started by a grandmother influencing and having the heart of Timothy, and you see that. Samuel went on for years obeying the work of the Lord and leading the nation of Israel to serve God. And here's what I want to challenge you. Every woman that raises her son or daughter in the Lord does not always mean that they are going to be in full-time service in a local New Testament church. <laughs> Amen? doesn't mean that. But how many of you ladies want a young man or a young woman, no matter what they do for a living, that they're living for God? <laughs> Amen? Are you with me? They don't all have to be behind the pulpit, and they don't all have to be on the mission field, but listen, they all need to serve God. <laughs> They all need to have a walk with him. And ladies, that's what you have the ability to influence them for. When you teach, teach them that no matter what their occupation is, they're in full-time service to God. <laughs> you see, just because maybe my boys don't become a pastor doesn't mean they don't serve God. <laughs> they ought to serve the Lord. Amen? But you know what? So should your children and your grandchildren. And they're looking to you. And Grandma and Grandpa... Hey, listen, you have influence upon those homes. You say, well, in some cases, it's a little bit stern. You don't know this house. You don't know this. You don't know that. No, but I know the God that you can pray to who keeps promises when you pray. Amen? Didn't we just see that? I know a God who keeps his promises. Amen? And you can pray, and even if there's a strained relationship, or they tell me, listen, I don't want you telling my kids nothing. I don't want you saying anything to my children. I don't want you doing this. I'll raise them on my own. I'll do this. You know what? If they're doing it wrong, you have a God that's going to do it right. <laughs> and you can pray to him. And you can ask him. 
He's a God that answers prayers. Because a man or woman's in the ministry or you serve the Lord in a local New Testament church does not automatically qualify your child as a saint. It takes something. It's called salvation. You must know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And you want to teach your children the same. Amen? Now I'm going to end with this. And I want you to see this, okay? Turn to 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. Look at verse 4 with me, if you will. It says that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered. What's his answer? Here am I. Mom? Grandma? Here's a child whom the mother influenced for the Lord. When God called on him, what is his answer? Here am I. Let's pray.